I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sales Team Rescue, episode number 111. I'm your host, Jeremy DeMerchant, and today I want to talk about a very, um, I guess, very timely topic um, in my world, and that is problem solving in your sales process. I've got a few different examples that, that we're going to touch briefly here, and it's not going to be an overly long episode because I just want to spark your thought process on this. Um, I, I can't teach you how to think differently about things in you know 15 or 20 minutes, but what I can do is plant that seed and let you and your brain do its work around it and see how that can apply to you, okay? So I encourage you to go into this episode thinking, not that this doesn't apply to me, but how can this apply to me, okay? So problem solving in your sales process, and it's problem solving in any part of life. Ultimately, if you can solve problems, you are a huge asset to your own business, to someone else's business, uh, to a sales process. And I guess the difference between someone who I would deem a problem solver is someone that can be, you know, have a problem in front of them and their goal is to focus on solving it versus saying, that's not my problem. Let me just keep moving. And transparently, depending on what's going on, how busy I am, I can be either or. I'm typically a problem solver and I really like to help people, but there's occasions when I've got too much going on something comes up out of nowhere and it's not, it doesn't make it onto my priority list. So I don't instantly drop everything to try to solve every problem. And that's important to know too, because there's a difference between important and urgent, but I don't want to get too far off track here. Um, so I want to share an interesting quote with you. Um, you may or may not know, I am, or I guess I was a Suits fan. Um, so the show Suits, uh, which isn't on anymore, but uh, had a rock in nine seasons. And I loved it because of how the team came together to solve problems. And there's a quote that the character of Harvey Specter shares, um, and it's referenced throughout the entire series. But I think the first time it's said, the quote is, what are your choices when someone puts a gun to your head? You take the gun, you pull out a bigger one, or you call their bluff, or you do 146 other things. And the reason I share that quote, because it sounds crazy, right? Someone's got a gun to your head, you're trained to just do what they say. But if you're in a problem-solving mindset, there are many, many things you can do. And it might include thinking outside the box. It might involve you stepping away from the situation to sort things out. But there's dozens of ways that you can solve any problem. But often we are stuck in the same paradigm that we make all our decisions in. And it's hard for us to, to go beyond that. So I want to just share a few situations that hopefully will help you apply this to your sales process or your business growth. Um, so one, in my business, King's Own Reserve, so this is my the beard balm and beard wash business, so the, the men's grooming goods business, um, we found a dilemma. I wanted to sell, uh, have resellers put our product on their shelves. And uh, right away, I got somebody who said, yes, let's do it, but you need to give us a display. And it's actually a, a convenience store that wanted to sell it. And I said, yeah, no problem, not knowing how I was going to solve the problem. And so I asked around and found there was one company in my area 
that uh, builds things like this, but they don't normally build things for uh, such a small scale. Normally they focus on actually building out convenience stores or grocery stores or, or whatever and have full displays. Um, but I spoke to them and I found out that to create the display that I wanted, um, and we sat down and talked about design for quite a while, it would cost me $210 per display. Now, my beard balm, they're 25, 30 bucks. Okay. It's not, you know, not a, not a huge um, price point. And so if, when I have somebody who is a new reseller, instantly having an extra $210 cost to me right from the start, and they're not going to pay for the display. That's going to be on me to own it. We're going to have some challenges. And so I was looking for other ideas and I was online, I was searching, and then I finally just gave myself a break, stepped away from it, and just decided to let myself, my mind just kind of binge on just for fun YouTube videos. And one of the videos that popped up had to do with the 3D printer. And I went, can I print these myself? And so I had to, you know, explore it a little bit. And there's, of course, some limits, but not many. And at the same time, I found a 3D printer that was on sale. It was on a Boxing Day special. Uh, so I talked to my business partner. We decided it was a good idea. And we invested in the printer. And so now I haven't used it yet. So that's my disclaimer. I haven't tested it yet. Uh, but now I have a 3D printer three feet away from me um, that we're going to use specifically to build these display stands. And the beautiful thing about them is that it allows me to create different designs based on the space. So barbershops, they want um, thinner base, but taller. Okay, they have typically have shelves, but they need to fit a lot of things on the shelf. Uh, convenience stores, they can actually, depending on you know how well you can negotiate, they can have a little bit wider of a location a space. Um, and they also don't care how high it is. But then there's other places that, you know, you can't have that second tier. Like there's some barbershops that said, you know what, it's got to fit on a shelf. The shelf's only, you know, 12 inches or whatever. So I wanted to be flexible and I wanted to be able to test some things as well, because if we're investing a lot of money in, you know, this is essentially R&D in the process. I wanted to make sure that we have the ability to iterate, right? You don't have to get it right from the start. You just have to keep getting better. So that's the process. And we're still in the middle of it, but. I feel like I've solved the problem of doing these display cases or stands um, for the beard bomb. And probably, and I'm totally guessing here, but probably after I print them, the actual cost is probably going to be under $20 per unit. So uh, makes it a much better business opportunity for me and my business partner. And it was way outside the box. It only happened because I gave myself space. Uh, so another example that I'll share is one of my clients right now. Um, they managed to strike gold generating leads through TikTok. And it came out of nowhere. And this has literally just been a few days. And it was unexpected. And suddenly I've got my calendar booked full. Wasn't expecting it. Um, in fact, most of this week I had planned to work on processes and things to help uh, enhance their sales process. And so I had to take a step back and think, how can I modify the process for these specific leads. And I had to go back to TikTok and say, okay, what's the experience when people are watching these videos? What's the experience? What's making them want to click and sign up for an appointment? And 
I had to process like, what's their experience so far? What have they seen? What are they probably thinking? And what additional information can I provide them from the point that they book to the point that they actually get on a call with me or any of the other reps to help increase that like, know, and trust? How do, how do I do that? And so um, I first of all had to take some time to think about it, but put together a few things. And in this case, one included um, having all of the past videos kind of on standby and tag so I could share one if they're already used to looking at it on that platform. Hey, before you jump on the call, I would love you to take a look at this video as well. It might bring up some additional questions about what we do. Um, or two, and this isn't necessarily what I did, but um, here's some ideas that might apply to your sales process. If you need you know, people to show up, right? And we haven't had this issue with these leads luckily, but um, a lot of people when they have a new lead source, there's problems showing up on calls. So what do we do? Well, we want to um, think about what kind of support that person needs. If somebody doesn't show, it means that they didn't prioritize the meeting, which means they probably don't have any emotional attachment to you as the person they're booking with or the company. So how do we create that? How do we build that relationship before the call so they're less likely to bail on you? And so you can do that through things like sending an email with a video with you or your sales reps, you know, facing the video saying, Hey, this is me. You're going to meet with me um, at our scheduled time. And you can be, you know, it can be a, you want it on automated, right? You want to just record it once, but you know, I would have one for each of my reps so that when the call gets booked with them, a video of that rep goes up and says, Hey, I'm Jeremy. And it looks like we're scheduled to meet. And I'm really excited to learn more about you and your business. Here's three things you can do now to make sure that we make the most of our meeting. Bam, bam, bam. Great. Look forward to hearing from you. And if for some reason something comes up, you need to cancel or reschedule, please do so with the link below or in the calendar link. Um, so that way, you know, we open up that spot for someone else if it's, you're not available for it. Okay. So that kind of idea. Um, that's just one example. So anything that comes up, whether it's through your sales process or your business growth, I want to challenge you to do a couple of things. And the first is give yourself the space to think about it. Um, one of the things that I started doing just recently, and I mean, it's literally only been two days and I should have been doing this for years, is forcing myself to take time to journal, get up early in the morning and just block off a half an hour where I just write. And it lets me get my thoughts out because when I have all these things coming at me, we've got notifications from task lists and emails and text messages and everything. And it can be really overwhelming and it's tough to make any kind of constructive progress when you're trying to solve a problem. So give yourself that space to think about it and write it out, like write down the options so you can see them with your mind, uh, with your eyes. Um, I'm really visual. So sometimes I'll even draw pictures to, to think about this, but mostly I just need to talk it out in my, my journal. And I just use good notes file on an iPad, just write it out. And it acts as like a sounding board. Let's me reflect my thoughts, um, and gives me the ability to process things. The other part that I want to suggest you do is try to forget all your assumptions. Now, this is really, really easy to say and really, really hard to do. But if you can step back, because you'll find that you're you're developing a solution within um, specific parameters that you just assume are all you have. But what if you didn't? And I'll give an example. I was speaking to um, one of my business partners uh, yesterday. And we were talking about a problem 
where we wanted to have a little bit more control over something that was actually outside of our business. And he said, how do we do this? And I said, we buy that company. Now, will we do it? I don't know. Um, but that's an outside the box option that nobody would have thought of. Okay, you gotta be thinking outside the box. What if the limits weren't there? What if money wasn't an issue? Time wasn't an issue. Map out your ideal solution, okay? Create the dream process with no limits. And then if you need to rein it in because there's certain constraints you can't avoid, fine. But start big picture, right? How would I like to travel to France? Well, I would like to do it as quickly as possible. And so I want to do it instant. Great. What can we do that's instant? Teleporter. Okay. Well, there might be some confines at the moment that I'm, you know, within that might make that not reasonable. Okay. Well, what's the next best thing? Right. So I can still think outside the box, but then rein it in after. Don't try to come up with the solution inside the box, though, because you're going to limit your mind's creativity. Pretend there's no limits. There's no boundaries. Think the dream scenario for solving the problems. And then if you need to rein it in, you can. So back to that quote from Harvey, you've got 146 other things that you can do to solve your problem. And that's even in a scenario if someone puts a gun to your head. Now, let's not think too much about that. But this is the reality. Okay, guys, so I want you to solve your problems. I want you to focus on the on solving these challenges, but think outside the box and not in a corny, cheesy way, but literally eliminate anything that you think um, can't happen. Okay, just put yourself in some dream world where gravity doesn't exist, money doesn't matter, time is nothing, you know, and just figure out the dream solution. Think big, think ridiculously big. And then when you have the ideal solution, then you can modify it for the constraints that you're actually facing. Like, okay, well, I can't fly without some type of engine because of gravity. Okay, great, you know. So then we add an engine into the mix. But start big and then hone it in. Okay, guys, so that is it. Short, sweet, and that's how you solve problems in your sales process. And a more specific example, what do you need people to, to feel in your sales process? If they're getting to you and they're taking a year to close, can we make relationships build faster, the trust build faster? Can we tie other decision makers in sooner? Maybe the dream scenario is has, has every single person that's a decision maker on the first call. Great. How can we get as close to that as possible? Okay, there's an example. If any questions you have, put them down below. Um, if you're watching the video on YouTube, put them in the chat below. If you um, are listening to the podcast, shoot us a message. Uh, shoot me a message at um, hello at permissiontosell.com. Uh, that's going to go to my team and we will answer all your questions one way or the other, either on the next episode or um, through an email or we'll reach out to you some way, but we will make sure your questions get answered. Okay, guys. So that's it for today. That was episode number 111 of Sales Team Rescue. Again, I'm Jeremy DeMerchant. Remember, get uncomfortable, get results. Cheers, guys. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, Book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.